didn't really know that much <laughs> about what we should do or what we shouldn't be doing to help orphans. But you've got to step out and you've got to begin. And God will show you uh, what He has for you to do. Welcome to this week's edition of First Person. I'm Wayne Shepherd, and in a few moments you'll hear more from our guest, Scott Nordstrom, who through grief following the death of his child was called by God to a ministry to orphans. Each week our goal is to bring you a guest who is gifted by God with a unique calling and perspective. We've been on the air now for several years with these weekly conversations, and they can all be heard online as a podcast through our website, firstpersoninterview.com, or on iTunes. And now another convenient way to listen or download any program is with our free smartphone app. Just search for First Person Interview in your app store. Plus additional information on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash firstpersoninterview. When Scott Nordstrom and his wife suffered the loss of a child after only 14 days of her life, God placed a burden on their hearts to help orphans. Their call was simply to follow God's direction, and as a family, they were obedient to step out and go. As I talked with Scott recently, he told me the story of God at work in his family. Well, I I think, Wayne, that uh, our story really begins in 2005. Uh, My wife and I were blessed with our fourth child, Faith Anastasia. And for for whatever reason that that's not really been, I guess, disclosed to us today by the father, you know, she was only with us for just over two weeks. So through this process, uh, it was it was more uh, it, it wasn't so much walking out our grief, but rather just through this process seeking out the father in terms of you know how we should handle not only the pregnancy but her birth and and all of the complications that, that went along with that, uh, God really just disclosed to us that he wanted us to serve orphan children. And what were you doing and, up until this time? Well, you know, and I, I do that today. I, I have a job. I work as a volunteer. Uh, it just, uh, just kind of depends on the week and the month, how much time that I uh, spend directly in the ministry. Uh, I, was, I was really blessed at the time where when we got things started, I was self-employed, and, and that has certainly some of, you know, some disadvantages, but I was really in charge of my own schedule, so it really uh, allowed me to travel overseas, spend time uh, in the ministry. Uh, I've been back in what you might call corporate America since uh, the beginning of 2014, so that, you know, I've had to alter my schedule a bit, but certainly the calling has not changed for me. And it was real obvious back in 05, you know, again, going through this uh, experience with our daughter, Faith, that God called us. You know, my wife and I were really not uh, what you would expect in terms of likely candidates for this. But I believe that, that God picked us out. And uh, not only did he want to use us somehow, some way to glorify him, but to care for his children, and that uh, he knew that he would be glorified, uh, you know, because we we certainly don't deserve any credit. It must have been a radical turning point, though, for you when Faith Anastasia passed, to just have that much change come to your life. Was it, was, talk more about the calling. What was it like? What did it look like? What did it sound like in your life? My, My wife still wanted and felt that, that, that our family was called to a fourth child. So we, 
oh, I would say 60 to 90 days after our daughter's funeral, we went to uh, an informational meeting for adoption. It's difficult to explain how I felt. I mean, it's, it's, it's like I can go back there, you know, in my mind right now, and it was so emotional. And I was certainly in that process of seeing those pictures of the kids. I was certainly reminded of my own grief, certainly. But I was, I was grieved by all of these children without a mom or a dad. Mm. And, you know, we, some of us don't come from great households. I mean, I love my mom and dad and certainly want to honor them and, and all that I do. But, you know, I, I think they probably could have been better parents. I'm sure I could be a better parent. But these children have no parents. I mean, they just, they don't have an advocate. And I was, my heart was broken for those children that day. And my wife wondered what was wrong with me because I'm not a, I'm not a, a crier. But I, I just... I just cried most of the way home driving, and she was a little concerned for our safety. But she was she was really, I guess, puzzled by my reaction to everything. And I, I shared with her my heart, and I felt that God was calling us to serve orphans in some way. We didn't know how. And um, we prayed that evening, and uh, we asked God to show us or confirm for us that this is something that He wanted us to do. And, and strangely enough, that night, you know, I went to bed and I I woke up the next morning just like normal, and my wife asked me about the dream I had, and uh, I was a little I was a little puzzled because I didn't recall a dream, and she opened her nightstand and she got out her journal and she said, "Well, you talked in your sleep." And oh I wrote boy! It down. Oh goodness! And so I I said twice I said I'm going to take the girls to a place of comfort and safety. And at the time, we were considering China, and China, you know, their orphan populations, primarily girls. And so I was just, I was just confident. I was overwhelmed in my soul that this is what God was telling me, that in fact, He did want me to step out and serve orphan children. So that's what we did. But where do you start? I mean, you, you don't have an organization. You don't, you're not networked, are you? No, I, I, I didn't know anybody in missions or... In the field, I, you know, I guess you know, it was kind of interesting. It was late summer. I can recall we went to a friend of the family's funeral. And on the way home, we were talking about where to go for Christmas. And this had been a conversation in our house for about 30 days. Christmas was coming. And this was to be baby's first Christmas. So we had decided with our other children that we did not want to be at home. And we had talked about going to spirit-filled places like Las Vegas, Hollywood, (laughs) Walt Disney World, and last but not least, Washington, (laughs) D.C. And so we ended up in an orphanage that Christmas in Juarez, Mexico. And I had called the church that we were attending, Southeast Christian Church in Parker, Colorado. And I somehow had gained some exposure at church that we were doing some work with a ministry located in El Paso that was working in Juarez, so I simply called them and said, hey, we, I believe I'm being called to help orphans. Do you, are you familiar with an orphanage in Juarez that maybe we could, where we could serve? That's how we did it. I mean, I, I made contact with uh, an orphanage down in Juarez. We coordinated dates and what we could bring and what we shouldn't bring and how we would get across the border and whatnot. Kind of a funny story that, that goes along with that. So we didn't know how we were going to get all the stuff down there. 
I mean, it's kind of logistically, 20 children is, 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 is the number of children we blessed for Christmas, but we took some supplies, we took some gifts, and it, it, was, it was kind of a, 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 lot of, a lot of things to bring with us. And we didn't feel that our van would be adequate. And through uh, a pastor I knew in the community, I met a, a man that I'd never met before. It was the day before we were scheduled to leave. And he gave me the keys to a suburban and said, God bless you, be safe, and just let me know when you get back. Take so it to I, Mexico. <laughs> and I drove his suburban full of, full of things for the children to Mexico. And uh, it, was, it was amazing just how God has put so many things in order. And it's not just that trip. Is so many other things. Well, I want you to tell more of these stories, but I, I'm already getting the impression that it was just one small act of obedience at a time. Is that the way you would characterize it? I, I would. I, I mean, it is when God calls you to something, you know, we've got this incredible thing uh, called free choice. And certainly, you know, God would have loved us no differently had we decided not to step out. Uh, but we did, and, and there's so many things that we would have missed not being part of the story. And so, you know, after going to Juarez in Christmas 2005, I turned around and 60 days later went to Zambia. I, I honestly couldn't tell you. I'm a little embarrassed, I guess, by it now, but I couldn't have told you where Zambia was before mm-hmm. I thought about going there. Mm-hmm. And I uh, called a friend of mine in Fort Myers, Florida, and said, I'm going to Zambia to serve orphans. What do you think about coming with me? And he asked me where that was. I said, it's in sub-Saharan Africa. And he said, you can count on me. So Rigby Hill and I went off to Zambia for the first time and didn't, again, didn't really know that much (laughs) about what we should do or what we shouldn't be doing to help orphans. But it just, you know, you've got to step out and you've got to begin. And God will show you uh, what he has for you to do. And that's what he's done every step of the way. We'll learn more of Scott Nordstrom's story about ministry to orphans coming up in the second half of First Person. This weekly program is produced in cooperation with the Far East Broadcasting Company. Together, we are committed to telling the stories of Christ at work in the nations of the world. FEBC broadcasts the gospel in nearly 50 of those countries, reaching people in over 100 languages, introducing them to God's love and discipling them through God's Word. To learn more about FEBC and its broadcasts, please visit firstpersoninterview.com and click the banner FEBC. That's firstpersoninterview.com. My first person guest today is Scott Nordstrom. Scott is the founder of Global Orphan Relief. It's an amazing story and a story of of a turning point in his life, a story of God calling him to this ministry, and uh, I find it quite remarkable. And Scott, I want to hear more about the organization, but I want to hear more about your journey uh, towards establishing Global Orphan Relief as well. So, so far, you've been to Mexico and Zambia in in those early days. Uh, Mm -hmm. What's happened, and, and how long ago was that? Well, we started in, in 2005, went to Mexico for my first trip uh, in December of that year, and then followed up with a trip to Zambia in February of '06, And then it just snowballed from there. You know, I've been to Zambia 10 times since '06. Uh Today, we are serving just shy of 700 children on a monthly basis. 
Now, in Zambia, are, are any of those children from Angola? And as what I know, there's refugee camps in Zambia. What else is going on there? Well, you know, Zambia is just more than anything uh, an impoverished country. But they've been independent since 1964, and for the most part, at peace. And so you just have about about 10% of the population, 1.3 million orphan children in Zambia. So we have stepped in, in in several ways today. We've got a couple orphanages that we've developed, House of Faith and House of Hope, in the southern province of Zambia. You've started these orphanages from scratch? Uh, yes, we did. We travel. I traveled to Zambia for my second uh, second trip in January of '07, and that is where or when we met our partners, Mike and Linda Jones of Noah Ministries, and they really oversee our day to day activity in Zambia. And it's been a blessing. I mean, for uh, for an infant movement like Global Orphan Relief, especially at that time, we really needed some extra hand-holding. Uh, doing, doing this type of work so far away in a different culture is, 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 is complicated. It's not like this, this come, it just comes second nature. Mm-hmm. So we were really blessed to have them help us. But yes, we started House of Faith in that year, 07, and received our first child in March of 08. Uh, we then followed up with a House of Hope, uh, also in the southern province of Zambia. And we received our first child there in 2013. So and how many really, children now in those orphanages in Zambia? Uh, today we have about 60 children there, but all told, we serve uh, about 160 children in Zambia. Uh, we're also doing some extended care, or what you, or what you might refer to as foster care, where the child stays with the extended family but just needs some assistance in some way. Rather than taking that child out of the home, we're working with that extended family uh, to care for the child where they are. In addition, we're doing some education uh, programs where we're going into schools where orphans exist. So uh, all told, today in Zambia, we're serving 160 children. Now, for many people, starting out the way you started out from zero to do what you're doing in Zambia would have been enough. But you haven't stopped there. Why? There's so many children that need help. I mean, certainly, you know, worldwide, there's a huge need for child advocacy, especially as it, uh, as it pertains to orphan children. And so we came together as a board. We came together in 2014 and decided, not really decided, but agreed with what the Father was calling us to do to build capacity to serve 1,440 orphans on a monthly basis. We were somewhere around 80 orphans at that time in two countries, Zambia and Pakistan. And today we're serving just shy of 700 children in five countries. And Wait a minute, where, where did Pakistan come into the picture? <laughs> well, Pakistan is a, is a, you know, I've not traveled personally to Pakistan, though we have had an opportunity to, um, you know, verify the work that is going on there. Uh, but we started uh, working with Pastor Salim in the Punjab uh province, I believe that's how it's pronounced. And, you know, he needed help. He had a home for orphans, but did not have the resources to host the children there. And so we stepped in with him to partner to serve these children. And as you might expect, in a place like Pakistan, 
uh, ultra complicated to do work there. Uh, also dangerous in some respects. So certainly we're not deploying teams to Pakistan, but we are serving children there and have done so uh, since uh, January 2011. What are the other countries now that you're involved with? Uh, we are, as of, uh, as of, I believe it was, I'm, I'm going from memory here, the fall of 2014, we started serving in DRC, a Democratic Republic of Congo. I've had, uh, I've had the uh, pleasure of traveling there uh, in the past, and it is adjacent to Zambia. And then we are also serving in South Sudan, which is the newest country in the world, and really over the last five years has experienced on and off civil war as different factions have vied for power there. And then lastly, Kenya. We started serving in Kenya uh, just last month. I'm astounded. Again, this is only a few years old, and yet God has given that increase, and you're helping all these children in so many places. You must look back on this and kind of scratch your head. I mean, you have to give glory to God for all that. Oh, uh, definitely. It's it's been a it's been an honor uh, and a privilege to have a front row seat and watch how the father has stepped in on the behalf of his children. I mean, he loves his little children, and it's been incredible. As you might expect, Wayne, I could tell you story after story. Certainly, there's some information on our website at www.globalorphanrelief.org that folks can check out. But uh, it is uh, it is an awesome thing. It is again, it is an honor and a privilege. And I believe that some way, somehow, that God is only just beginning to serve His children through Global Orphan Relief. So you have a vision for more. Well, certainly, you know, right now, today, you know, we are we have been instructed by the Father to build capacity to serve one thousand four hundred and forty children. Uh, I don't know that God will stop there. Certainly, you know, that's up to Him. Uh, we do have a ways to go. That's more than double the amount of children we're serving today. Uh, we are an all-volunteer organization. Uh, we do have a, a contract um, marketing and communications person that does work with us. And you are an established 501c3, correct? We are. Uh, we received our, uh, I guess it's the certification or uh, uh, early uh, 2006. Well, what impact has this had on your family, Scott? Um, it's had a it's had a, a pretty incredible impact, I would say. Now, my wife has not had an opportunity to travel to Zambia as of yet, but my two of my three children have. My son Noah, he's been with me to Zambia three times. And then my oldest child, uh, Sydney, she has been to Zambia once with me. And it's just, it's been interesting to see how they step into God's story. Not that they're not in that, in that story here, but, you know, there, there is so many, there are so many distractions that's removed. So we are, stepping maybe a little closer to heaven when we put our self in that vulnerable uh, position. It's been a blessing for them. Certainly, I would say in many instances, life-changing as they have seen how these children struggle just for the, you know, the basic needs. They've been blessed through this process as well. In the orphanages, I, can I assume that education is a big part of it? And of course, introducing them to Jesus is part of what goes on? 
It is. What's kind of different about Global Orphan Relief is we want to, to the best of our abilities, we want to keep the children where they are. We don't want to relocate them. We don't want to sever family ties. So unfortunately for us, one size does not fit all. We're not getting donations for shoes and then getting, you know, uh, a sponsor to provide shoes. I mean, we don't have something that is very simple to communicate to donors because we are serving children in very different ways in each location. In Zambia, for instance, where we've got a couple different programs, we've got the extended care, the orphanage, the education. So Zambia is a little unique in that we're doing all those things. In South Sudan, we're simply feeding children and providing after-school Bible studies for them. In the DRC, we've got the Dream School. It's a Christian school where the orphans can come and their fees are covered and they're hearing about Jesus. In Pakistan, the children are getting everything right there at the orphanage, their education, uh, their care. So it just really kind of varies by location to location how these children are being served. But certainly one commonality uh, with all of the programs is that they are being taught the Word of God, and we feel that that's very important for these children. Scott, can you imagine what life would have been like if you had not followed God's leading? No, I, you know, I don't, it's funny, I don't think about that much. Uh, I don't, uh, good or bad, I, I don't necessarily take great solace in what we've accomplished either, just knowing how many more children are out there that need our help. And so, you know, I, I just feel compelled to push forward and be, continue to be obedient to what God has called me to do. And, um, you know, I, I, you know, sure, I'm, I'm just like anyone at times, you know, maybe I run into some difficulties or some, some personal circumstance that's not ideal for me. And I wonder why maybe the father's not cutting me a break because I'm doing all these other things, but I'm not sure that's how that works, you know? And so, God is just teaching me through these various experiences that I have, and uh, certainly Global Orphan Relief is one aspect of that. But, you know, it, it was never a question for me as to whether or not I would be obedient to His calling. It was more, uh, you know, how am I going to do this? God, show me the way. God, lay out the opportunities. Open the doors where you would have us serve. And certainly... You know, bringing the right people into to, to, to my sphere of influence that can come alongside this this important important adventure and uh, being part of God's story. So it's all very cool stuff. Our first person guest today, Scott Nordstrom. His ministry is called Global Orphan Relief, and we'll have additional information and links on our website, FirstPersonInterview.com. As we close today, let me take a moment to thank the Far East Broadcasting Company for helping us provide these weekly interviews. FEBC's mission is to take Christ to the world by radio, and we do that in nearly 50 countries as we proclaim the gospel always in the local language. I'm deeply committed to the ministry of FEBC, and I hope that we're able to shed a little light on what God is doing through these dedicated broadcasters around the world. Take some time to learn what you can do through prayer and support to help FEBC by visiting firstpersoninterview.com and clicking on the banner for the Far East Broadcasting Company. 
And then I hope you'll plan to join us each week at this time. In the meantime, use our free app to listen anytime to this or past interviews, which you can download for your listening convenience. It's available for both Apple and Android devices. Now, with thanks to my friend and producer, Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepard. Join us next week for First Person.